and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of What's Next Podcast. I'm your host, Mario Maitland. I'm joined by the one and only Jeremy Delk, coming on What's Next Podcast, talk a little bit about his journey and Lex Exotics and many more. Jeremy, man, welcome to What's Next. It's a pleasure having you on. How are you doing today, man? Doing good, man. Thanks for having me. Excited <laughs> to uh, have a conversation with you. Of course, man. It's just an amazing setup. Uh, I remember walking in, and I'm like, like I'm just astounded by just the look, and it's yeah. just amazing, man. Uh, to lo- let's talk about your journey, man. Uh, wh- where are you from? How did you get to Lexington, and how you how did you get to where you are today? Yeah, it's so not a short story. Um, yeah. I mean, a lot, a lot of twists and turns, but I grew up in. Uh, Bardstown, Kentucky, about uh, an hour away from here. It's so the bourbon capital of the world. Um, and then went to school up in Rhode Island. Uh, my first life was on Wall Street. So I was in okay. Boston and New York, and then uh, moved back to Kentucky about 10 years ago. So small town guy to a big city life, you know, yeah. Boston, New York. Cool, man. That's a, that's a, that's a tough transition, I'll tell yeah. you that much. Tell me about Lex Exotics in general. What is Lex Exotics? What are you trying to do with Lex Exotics and what's its purpose? Yeah, so uh, Lex Exotics is very much a passion project, right? So I don't know how, how lucrative this is going to be for an actual quote-unquote business. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, came out of necessity. I ran out of garage space at the house, right? And, you know, um, you know, these things around cars, when you kind of go through the, the coolest part about this community of car owners and enthusiasts in Lexington, um, it's just everyone is so down to earth, right? And I really wanted to kind of, you know, highlight that because um, it's all about being inclusive and kind of going through. I mean, I know when I was a little kid, I dreamed about owning one of these cars, not much, not much less, you know, multiple of them, right? That's a, that's a dream. And, and I think that's the cool piece that um, whether it's, you know, my collection or, you know, even guys in town that got, got a lot more cars than me, um, everyone's just so chill and kind of going through, like w- when we had an event here a few, uh, uh, probably about a month and a half ago, we had about $12 million worth of cars. That's and, you know, we've got, you know, several individual million dollar cars from Ford GTs to Ferrari SF90s. They were all unlocked. Yeah, my son, including, is probably the ringleader. But you know, six, seven, eight, nine-year-old kids are able to go around and play, touch, feel, yeah, yeah. not not behind some velvet rope. They're yeah, kind of going yeah, through. Yeah. So I think that's the that's a cool piece around it. And um, yeah, just to kind of build a community around it. That's you know, positivity, and that's that's the piece. So that's that's the idea of it. You know, we built into a really cool space. I mean, it's very much a Miami kind of feel, like yeah, uh, there's yeah. MPH, so that's, I love Miami, so we, we kind of bring a little bit you of that here. I, I can't bring the beach <laughs> up here, but we, we try, but it's, it's a cool vibe, and uh, we wanted to have something that's definitely for car people, but not even for car people, right? I mean, we got poker tables here, the guys are putting up a brand new racing simulator that we just upgraded, yeah. a golf simulator, so it's just about a, a cool, chill hangout spot for like-minded people. Um, so that's the that's the idea. And we had different membership tiers from being able to drive some of the cars, which are nearly sold out. Yeah. But um, just a social membership to kind of be able to come up here and, and chill, watch games or Lots play of, cards or whatever. Yeah. I see you you're deep into the social community of things, and like there's so many other places you could put, I guess, this display in this business. I mean, Louisville, you know, Cincinnati. Yeah. Why Lexington? I live here, so it's okay. easier. Okay. <laughs> Selfishly, it's for, <laughs> self-serving, right? I, I, mean, got you. I live here. This is, you know, I live in Nicholasville, uh, office in Lexington, and you know, uh, just this is our community and our it home. It works and, for you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. So, talk about the poker tables. Talk about like some of the, uh, I guess, like you guys. I know you guys have a lot of different uh, policies and then stuff like like the different memberships. Talk a little bit about the memberships here. So I said most of the drive. So we had um, uh, was a platinum and diamond membership. Um, that were allowing, I think there were a thousand and five hundred bucks a month, that were allowing you access to actually drive some of these cars. Yep. Um, the diamonds have been sold out for a while. We're nearly sold out of the of the gold uh, of the of the platinum. 
Um, and that was like 500 bucks a month um, or a thousand bucks a month. The most popular one now is, is really there's two. Yeah. There's a storage side of it. So, okay. um, you know, this is probably a $600,000 build out just in like, all the lights, all the stuff. I mean, it's, it's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. So um, the idea came out, there was actually a spot in town that was going to be built that you could store, it had like a small little loft, like probably a third of the size of this loft. And they wanted like $4,000 a month to store really one car. Um, and I was, I was going to buy one, but they wouldn't sell it. And I'm like, there's gotta be a market for this, right? So that's what I built is a very overpriced man cave. But if you've got more than one car, or if you only got one car that you're your daily, yeah. you could store it here amongst it. Cause I look at, you know, just like this is a David Yarrow here. I'm a big art guy. These cars yeah. are like art too, right? So, um, how cool would it be to have your own kind of man cave where you get your own garage or open your own key and store your car here? Uh, to bring hang out and then you can do that for 400 bucks a month so yeah. you can't you can't get a self-storage unit for that much less to be around all this it's more than um, just like a, a self-storage unit. yeah exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. that way you can keep your car it's all climate control we have video surveillance everywhere alarm so that's a great opportunity and then it's not much different than the, you know the storage businesses already exist just on much higher end and no, then the other sure. piece is the social right just it's you know 250 bucks a month um, you get a guest with that. So if you even split it with a, with a buddy, it's $125 That's a cool. month. That's cool. And there's free snacks, drinks, like cocktails, whatever you want. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. all free. So um, it's a different vibe. You got a golf simulator. So it costs you less, you know, for one month. If you use a golf simulator one time and has free drinks, yeah. it's cheaper than going to like Parlay Six or whatever yeah, the, the, yeah. over yeah, the, the mall. Place, yeah, yeah, for sure. I love that, man. Yeah. Talk about like uh, the cars you have in Fleet and then the supplies you have in Fleet. Like walk me through. I, usually I, I let the, I kind of take control. You, yeah, so you we, take control. Yeah, so you know, um, obviously new poker table. We just, just announced this on social the other day. So we're having a members only uh, monthly game. So nothing high stakes but just more kind of a casual kind of have, have, a, have, a, have a fun time yeah. socialize joke um, play around yeah. uh, with a little bit of money and then we've got like a tournament style and I've done this in my, in my private house for a while it's like a tournament style where you take 10% of the pot as like a carryover right so if you get in first place one week second place next week you get points so it kind of keeps you kind of kind of adds up and at the end of the year we always do it around <laughs> Christmas time um, so at the end of the year whoever's the win winner, winner in the points um, before Christmas, they get like that hold back of that 10%. So they can get two, three, four thousand dollars So it helps out go. for the Christmas bonus nice for everybody. Christmas yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and then we've got two chill areas. Uh, this is one of two that we've got. Um, so couch, got a V12 Mercedes uh, engine here that we uh, uh, converted to a cool coffee table. Yeah, yeah. Um, two 85 inch TVs, one up here, one downstairs. Um, and then just seating for 12 from a bar, right? Kind of going through and looking out over some of the some of the cars. I was, I was telling you before, the McLaren's at my house. I drove yeah. it uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. this past weekend and <laughs> um, just got some, some work being done. But yeah, I got gotcha. you. It came out cool. It's and then, definitely and then uh, full bar, full kitchen. I could see um, the social setting. Like, uh, you're. Well, yeah, and a lot of things, like, so it's members only as well. So, like, we have a lot of members that are taking it up for, like, private events, too. Okay. Say it's your birthday and you want to go through, ah. you want to break your house. Come in here, you, you, you have access to it. You got to pay, like, a $250 cleaning fee or something, whatever, but okay. come out, order pizzas, whatever. So, you can't get a space like this, right? No. I think that's the kind of component. And, you know, we can be, um, you know, liberal on who we want as members. That, that, it's, everyone's got to be cool. If you're fucking a dick man, you're out. Like, it's just not cool, right? Yeah. We want yeah. everyone to be like minded, help each other. I think there's a lot of networking that goes along here. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been fun. I got to ask you, man, where, where did you get this idea from? <laughs> so, I mean, you know, there's, there's several of my buddies in town that have these private garages already. Yeah. Um, I like to think it's not to the scale. I think I did a pretty good job. <laughs> but um, they have these private garages and 
it's cool. And I actually, I kept, when I was building my new house, I kept some of my cars in my buddy's garages and stuff. And uh, it's cool. It's a great hangout spot. Cause especially just like, you just recognizing and liking the cars. But sometimes you felt like, man, even though they're not gonna charge me or whatever, it's your friend that's doing right, it for you. Right. Um, like you're almost like taking advantage of them. And like, I don't know if I'd pop over there to the garage and exactly, hang out yeah. if I wasn't with them. So exactly. um, A, out of necessity, like, hey, for my own cars and kind of some fleet, but hey, why not build something that's more than just for myself, right? Yeah. Like, um, that you can give access to people that either have these cars or want to have these cars, right? And kind of hang out. Yeah, yeah, that's the yeah, idea. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I, I love that. Uh, you're, you're a strong guy that you think community is important to you. Uh, Absolutely. I love that. I love that. Let's, let's walk, let's go downstairs. Man. Sure. Talk to me about the, the cars you got in Fleet. Uh, we're looking at some of them right now. Mm -hmm. I know you said the McLaren's back at your house yeah, right now. Yeah, McLaren's at <laughs> my house. Uh, we got a 64 uh, Shelby Cobra, yeah. Backdraft Cobra. Um, that's the newest edition, uh, Indigo Blue, really cool. Okay. And that is, uh, that's one that we, we, we actually getting some, some work done on the, on the tail end of it. Yeah. Um, so those are the two um, that are out. Those, those are two, both blue for whatever reason. These are all the, Blacked out and grayed Black, uh, gray, blacked gray, out. Blacked out today. Yeah, yeah. So this is this was the first one. Actually, the first one, like first kind of yeah. supercar that I ever uh, ever got was this one. Ferrari. Uh, Ferrari four five eight Italia. Um, so last naturally aspirated engine, uh, which is pretty cool. And I took my son. Uh, Lamborghini had a Lamborghini had a, a new opening of the showroom, uh, 60th anniversary, up in Columbus last weekend yeah. or two weekends last ago. Last weekend. And I took him, got an invite up there, and I took my, my son and a couple of his buddies up there. And they had a new um, 2022 uh, Lamborghini STO, uh, baby blue. My, my, son, my son's just like, buy it, dad, buy it, and I don't need another car. And I was like, you know what, I've had this car for so long, this car is actually appreciated in value. So okay. I've owned it for a bunch of years, drove it, love it, yeah. but like, you know, I've actually made money on it. So like, maybe I just parlay that into it. So I was exactly. thinking about doing it and then, Came home, took it out, and uh, about uh, 60 seconds, I'm like, fuck that, man. I'm not getting rid of it. It's just, I, I love it so much. It's just got that sound. It's a really sick color combo. So this is it's, your it's, favorite. It's a, this is your favorite. Man, they're all my favorite. They're all like, got, it's like how do you have a favorite kid? You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't, uh, it's different. It's just different. Just different. Um, and you forget about it. And you're like, yeah, that's the, that's, that's the piece. But yeah, that's, it's, it's a beautiful car. And I think it's awesome. So that's the first one I bought. This one's probably the most special to me. This is a... Um, 1967 uh, Fastback uh, Mustang, uh, so it's a, uh, signed by Carroll Shelby. Cool. So if you've seen the movie like Gone in 60 Seconds, yeah. this was Eleanor, uh, uh, if you remember. So this was a California car, actually the original glass oh, here. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm locked on the other side. You can peek in here, you can see Carroll Shelby yeah. um, from the oh, movie. There it is. Yeah, there it is. Had signed the car. Um, so we found this car in Ohio, mm -hmm. um, in a barn and did a three year restoration on it. So I found this car with my son. So this is probably the most sentimental car, uh, to means, me. Means something yeah, more, right? yeah, yeah. And this is a very, everyone asked me like, yo, that lift kit is sick, bro. Like fucking, I'm like, they didn't put a lift kit on it, man. Like yo, this is kit. a, this is a, um, Mercedes G squared. Uh, <laughs> it's called a G squared. G squared. So it's about 400 of them in the world. Uh, half of them are in the Middle East, and the other half are here. So this was a professional hockey player okay. up in uh, Minnesota. And uh, yeah, it's just mean, right? I mean, no, flare, it's mean. I flared out, carbon fiber, and you get in this thing, and you're like, 
uh, you, you pull up to like a semi truck and like you're like at, at eye level. Yeah. You see like a big Ford F-150, whatever, you're looking you're right down there. on him. No, you're looking down on him like he's in a looking Corolla. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a beast. I was so. going to say, you, the beast is the word. I heard you start it up. And I was yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's oh, mean. Man. Yeah, that's mean. <laughs> yeah. But it's cool. That's, that's awesome, cool. man. I, yeah. I love to see it, man. This is cool for me because I, I, I only can dream of being inside of these cars or looking at these cars yeah. in person you know you yeah. see them on instagram you see them on yeah, social yeah. media yeah. to actually be looking at them man this is this is awesome for you yeah so. I think, and that, that's part of it that's that's part of what it, what it is i mean like the we're doing a, a you know it's like what's next like we've got this fourth of july uh thing that um my buddy john stewart from mid around capital great yeah. guy he's putting on he's really kind of you know sponsoring the whole entire thing um and it's you know there's nothing really going on in lexington uh, yeah. And July Fourth, right? There so hopefully it's the first annual of uh, there'll be some free ice cream for kids, none, you know, maybe crank and boom or whatever. But just yeah. to kind of get the community out there and get access to it, that it's gonna be it's gonna be cool. And again, it's all free to the public, and that's what it is. Like, you know, Jamie Wexler is a is a friend of mine, and, and there's another Cars and Coffee as well. So I don't want to be no favoritism or disparagement. There's two Cars and Coffee in Lexington, but you know, like one um, in like over by the, the Southland Christian Church on. Uh, on Richmond Road. Richmond I mean, Road. they get, you know, thousands of cars yeah. on, on good weekends sometimes, and there's just kids out there. It's just really cool. So you're looking no, at, cool you sure. know, rare million dollar Ford GTs to, you know, just some, you know, who got Mustang or whatever. I mean, you don't cars see are that. cars. You don't yeah, see that yeah. But, but seeing all, all sides of it, there's no, and there's yeah. like all just, it's, again, it's, it's, I talk to that community. That's the biggest piece. The community is the word, man. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, we got Jeremy Delk coming on What's Next podcast. We're going to talk a little bit more about his journey when we get back after the break. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with my man Jeremy Delk on What's Next podcast, man. We had an amazing intro introduction to the episode. You showed us, you know, what you have here um, at Lex Exotics, man. And I'm, I'm amazed so far. But, like, let's get into the conversation, man. Um, Father's Day just happened, man. Mm -hmm. Happy Father's Day to you. Thank you. Father of how many? Three, two? Two. 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 How was your Father's Day? We're working on more, hopefully. But, yeah. <laughs> um, Father's Day was great, man. We uh, went, went up to my wife's uh, family up in Ohio and had some good weather, some, some good food, yeah. good, uh, good pool time, and yeah, it's nice. Get to spend some time with the kids, you know, and to yeah. take a little, lay a little bit away from work, focus on the family time. That's awesome, man. I guess, like, coming from you, man, my father is, means so much to me, you know, mm -hmm. and, and he's part of the reasons why I'm here today. But, you know, in your hand, you know, your father passed at a young age, mm -hmm. right? How, how did you cope with that? How, what have you learned from, from you know, losing such a, someone yeah. that means so much to you? Yeah. Well, I don't think I cope for it with it for a while. <laughs> I, think, I think you, you know, hindsight and, and you know, a lot of a lot of growth and reflection but you know um, I think fast forward I think it's it's you know largely shaped a lot of who I am um, and you know you can either and, and this is life right we've all I'm not special we've all had some sort of loss or trauma or uh, failure in life and I'm really a big proponent of like either these events will either define you or you can define them right and I think that's the the piece it's very easy to feel sorry for yourself and be a be a victim yeah. um, but you know thing you know you're not promised tomorrow so I really try to embrace that piece of it um, and then and then work through it there was a long time in my life where I don't think I well, I know I didn't really kind of go through into the grieving and kind of really do, the, do, do, do that work yeah, and that shit fucking just builds up, man. You can't like you, you can only you can only push something down for so long. And then it pops. Um, yeah, so really kind of looking back, I don't I don't think you know people should really resonate with you know past and dwell on it. But you got to respect it, right? You got to know where you come from and 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 your understand your why and your part of your journey because that's really who, who shapes what you are, right? You're all we're all products of our environment. I love that you say that because like 
I'm someone if I deal, you know, with anything that's disappointing or anything like that, I kind of just brush it aside, ignore it. Mm-hmm. Or if something that you know that you know, terrible that happened to me, I, I do the same thing. But you know, you're saying you're here saying that, hey, like it's okay to to meet up with that and then just be like, hey, this happened and accept it. Yeah, I mean, embrace it, and then there's if, if it's a failure or if it's something. I mean, some things you can't understand, right? You know why you you know you lose a parent, etc. Like you can't really fathom and understand that, so don't bother yeah. trying to work that out. But on the same component, like, all right, what's to learn from it? How do I go through? And 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 sometimes there's not an answer, and that's get okay with not having an answer, right? But just be able to move on and embrace it, and not not really let it define you know what you do from from that perspective. So I want to talk. A little bit about you and you know your background you know um, you know grew up in Kentucky small town mm-hmm. and then you kind of moved all over the place you know Boston New York mm-hmm. talk about what that has taught you you know you're going from a small town to a big city guy I'm, yeah. I'm a prime example of that so I, I kind of yeah where, you're, you're in Florida where were so you I was in Daytona Beach uh, Florida I actually I grew up in New York New York Long Island New York so I'm coming okay. from where, you know, where in Long Island uh, Hempstead all right you know, yeah Hempstead. so South, South Shore yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> South, yeah. that's yeah. me so yeah. I'm, I'm coming from Long Island. I'm going to Daytona Beach. Similar in ways, but not New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then now I'm here in Lexington, Kentucky. So, like, I guess, like, I, I, my question is for you: like, how what have you learned? The lessons you learned from you know going from small town to big big city. That's a big jump. A lot of people, you know, are afraid to do that. Yeah, I mean, I think I always wanted to go into like a, a bigger city. So I think that was always you know I loved Bardstown and still do. I mean, it's a great little town. Um, I really love Lexington, but I always had that yearning to kind of want to see more. I had this big fish, small pond mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love, I love New York, and I mean, parts of New York. Boston's a great town too. Um, so, you know, what did I? So to answer your question, what did I learn? You know, yeah. I, I learned, and this is like probably a summation for um, life and business together, right? I mean. Um, it's just people, right? People are people are people. So I remember my mom, so I lived in Chelsea, yeah. um, like Union Square. Um, six, it's actually closer to Union Square. It was technically Chelsea, though. 16th and 6th Avenue. Okay. And my mom's from Barstown. She's like, I'm not fucking coming up there. I flew up for Mother's Day. I'm like, just spend a week with me, right? And like yeah. live. Because like, most people come to go to New York, go to Times Square, which you couldn't catch me dead <laughs> in, right? Or like, you're not going into the city. Maybe you go see the, like, the Rock Center, see the, see the yeah, tree, yeah, maybe. Yeah, but that's it. But you're not going and doing that crap. That's not New York, right? Man, New, I was, New, I was New York, just up there. Yeah. And, I didn't even go to the no, city. No, no, I mean you got to pull me there. You, you can't, you can't really do that. But um, my mom staying with me for that week, you know, she saw that really all New York City is, or even you know the boroughs, whatever. All New York City is like Manhattan, the island of Manhattan, is just a hundred Lexingtons or a hundred barge towns, <laughs> right? Because on my block, right, it's the same deli guy, same dry cleaner, same coffee shop, same, you know what I mean? It's just right in a two block radius, right? The cool part is you can pop from town to town and fucking, you know, a quick, a quick, uh, you know, yeah, quick <laughs> cab ride or, uh, or a subway ride. So her experience in New York that way really opened her up, up, up her eyes to see what it is. Cause New Yorkers get a bad, you know, rap sometimes is like, there I do some of the best people I've ever met in my world are from New York, New York. City and Dubai, right? I mean, they just, and they, they, both people, especially in a sheltered part of Kentucky where we live, sometimes we have this, oh, like this, those people and they're, they're different. I mean, they just have an idea of where they want to go and get something done, but some of the nicest people you ever kind of go, but they're just, yeah, they're motivated, they're moving, they've got energy, they kind of, kind, of, kind of keep going. But what I've told you is that, you know, from, to answer your question, what I've learned is that people are the same, right? We're all humans. We all have the same dreams, desires, and whatever. Different socio-echial backgrounds, but at the core, people are mostly good, right? 
and a genuine kind of that we all have our, our dreams and goals but um, if you can start to relate and not build up or build down because I've seen both ways right some people build up these people who you wouldn't want to fucking hang out with billionaire, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. on the same time they also build down people that you can learn so many lessons from the person that's helping you know clean up at the restaurant beside exactly. or busting tables and whatever yeah, yeah. so I've learned you know um, to really try to be always conscious of your surroundings and, and know who you are. And we talk about being authentic a little bit. I, I'm, I'm very authentic. I curse, so for the kids listening, I, 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 I curse, but that, that's me. That's living in New York probably too long. But I don't do it just to say fuck. And just, I, I don't do it just to do just it. Do it. But, that's I, but, but that, are, that, that's how it kind of vocalized. But if you know me, like I'm, you know, got a big heart. We try to help a charity. We, we try to do the right thing, but I'm not doing it for anyone else. I'm doing it for ourselves. And like, you know, hopefully, you know, as a somewhat of an example, besides the cussing for my kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to ask you, man. I hate to put you on the spot, man, but New York versus Lexington. Which one you're going with? Which one do you like better? <laughs> well, I mean, it's just different, right? Talking, we're talking pasta. I mean, look, I love, I love Jeff Ruby. So I, um, he's a good, good friend, and like, I, so I'm a big supporter down there. Yeah, but um, so steaks, are, you know, the steaks, Lexington, we actually give it a run for its money. But um, I love Lexington, man. It's a great, uh, you know, it's a great town. I just had a buddy in, uh, and his wife and kids, um, uh, right the last day of Keeneland, we went to the races and stuff. And he's like, what am I doing with my life, right? Like, you know, we live on a golf course, you know, our taxes are, you know, way less than what they're paying. Yeah. We went to Ruby's, we went to Keeneland, we went to Seahorse. I mean, That's cool. all these things that are right here from a cost yeah. of living standpoint, quality of life, you get the four seasons, it's phenomenal. Yeah. But New York's an hour and 20 minutes away too. So, you know I mean, so you can, you, you get the itch, you're up there, right? I'm up there next weekend, right? So it's, cool. it's easy to go. Cool, man. You visiting the city? Yeah, yeah. We awesome. Are. Yeah. Awesome, man. That sounds like fun. I want to uh, touch a little bit about the entrepreneurship side of things. You're, you're one of the biggest entrepreneurs, up-and-coming entrepreneurs in Lexington, but you know you have many businesses that a lot of people don't know about. Talk about some of the businesses that you own. Uh, you know, I'm a yeah, small-town guy. Small-town um, guy. You know, I, I, I started, I, after my career on Wall Street, I, um, I left at a young age, even though I was pretty successful financially. Um, I resigned at 22. Um, I got my job at 20, 19, the youngest um, uh, licensed trader at Fidelity in history. And, um, but I left because I just didn't have that, you know, I'm a creative person. Like this piece, you know, this business, I don't know um, how much money it makes. And truly, I'm less excited about it now that it's done. But building this thing, I'm, and so now I've got like the next project I'm looking at, you know, we've got a hotel project we're working on in the islands. We've got, you know, some stuff here that we're working on from a real estate perspective. Um, out front, we're doing some commercial development. So I love the creative piece. Um, and then after it's kind of, I use up all my energy and my emotion during that piece. Yeah. And then it's like, once you have it, then it's like, it's, okay. it's, it's on, oh, on the, next. the next. Yeah, yeah it's on, the on the next. next. And that's just for me. I mean, again, the money piece, you need to have some licks and you need to get lucky and have a couple, uh, couple exits. So all those are, 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 fun, are, are part of it. But for me, the fun and the drive um, is the creation, right? I think that's what I, what I got out. So that's we've cool. done everything from healthcare to real estate development to e-com, um, digital media. We've got a you know, video media service. So we've done a bunch of stuff. And it's just because I like learning, right? It really, really, uh, really is. And that's, and that's part of it, right? I mean, my son, you know, I, I try to set a good example from working, you know, and I've got a nine-year-old and a four-year-old. And, you know, like my son might put him down, read him a story. Like, he sees me on my laptop going to bed. Like, he knows there's no one telling me I got to work, right? I don't have a boss. I don't have someone. Exactly. I, but I'm doing it, you know, partly because I 
you know, you want to, you know, you know, provide support and support your family and have these great experiences. But it really, for me, is you know, just the love of it. I really, 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 really like the that's like cool. the process. If I don't like it, I won't fucking do it, right? So I mean, that's the that's the piece. So I'll yeah, never yeah, probably yeah, stop. Yeah, yeah. But um, that's the that's what drives drives me. And I think there's a lot of truth to be in that. That everyone says, oh yeah, just do what you love and all that. I mean, that's sometimes you don't have that luxury, right? But you know, keep the passion, right? Even if you're working at a job and you can't make it on your own, or you don't want to start YouTube yet, or whatever it is that you're doing, yeah. still have that passion that's driving and don't die. That's why I left Fidelity, great firm, obviously multinational, but yeah. I saw people that are 20, 30 years my senior making more money than me, but doing the same shit. Like I, I feel like corporate America in that world is where you go to die. Like a creative person, you go and just lose your soul a little bit. And that's okay, because yeah. being an entrepreneur is a fucking dumb idea too. Don't, don't get me wrong, right? It's a lonely, painstaking <laughs> process that, fuck this glamorous, all these people that pose on Instagram, like this, that's all, okay. it's a flex. It's, it's, it's a flex. It's, it's, it, not it's a flex, but that's not why you do it, right? You do it because you have the passion for it, or you love, you, to, do you, you love to do it, and you, and you have this creative, because it's a lonely process, right? Um, you know, I'm, I'm an overnight success, 20 years in the making, right? I mean, you have to go through that piece of it, I think. Um, but just find whatever that passion is. And if that passion is, you know, doing photography on the side, not making money, like, you know, great. Like, you're doing a podcast right yeah. now. You're not actually how you're monetizing it. You're not exactly. worried about that. That's yeah. the fucking way to do it. As opposed to be like, yo, let me back into 10,000 subs, get this stuff. If you do that, you will fail. Yeah. But the way you're doing it is the right way. Like, hey, I want to give a voice. I want to add value, share a message. If you can do that, that's what you feel. You got to... You got a day job, you got a house. You have to have that piece. We all have light bills to pay and we all have those things. Exactly. But if you can really just kind of hone in on what it is that drives you and what your why is, and it ain't fucking money, I can tell you. I've tried to buy my way to happiness many times. You can't fucking not, do it. I've seen not, that all yeah. the time. It's like even the people who have the most money, they always talk about, hey, I'm still not happy. Like, mm -hmm. I could have the, I could have yeah, the money, I could have the women, I could have the fame. I'm still not happy. Yeah, I mean, I think happiness starts within. And like, it's, it's not like cliche, I mean, but you have to be happy with yourself first. And if yeah, you're not sure. there, um, you're not gonna be happy. It's not the car or the watch, but it's yeah. not those things. Those make life fun. They make, you know, cool experiences and, you know, save time. There's a lot of benefits to those things, but that isn't what it is about, nor should it be about. Exactly, man, you talked about, uh, I remember you stating about uh, a little bit earlier in your response, you talked about like your, uh, so many projects that you like to take on, man. How do you balance and juggle that? You know, it's just, you know, how do you do that, I guess? Um, just whatever's burning quicker, right? I mean, whatever the biggest fire is. I mean, I don't necessarily believe in a work-life balance. Um, okay. I think, um, you know, that's, that's not real, right? I mean, I, I think it's a your generation, not my generation, right, of like work-life balance. But I work for me is fun, so I, I, I like that piece of it, right? I know exactly um, what you mean. But, but, but I, I do my best work between like, 10 o'clock at night and 2 a.m., right? Kids are asleep. If I go to the office, it's fucking worthless. Like me, me being in the office, I get like an hour, like I'm more productive in an hour not in the office than eight in the office, because everyone's peeking their head in, JD, what's this, what's this, and they'll kind of, you have, you're providing access exactly, to it. Exactly, exactly. Um, I'm able to you know, have dinner with the kids, um, with the wife, everyone's like happy, you put that time in, now you got no distractions, knock it out Lock and kind of go from Lock there. It. So. That's, but that's for me. Some people like, some people like, I, I'm a night guy, right? Some people are, you know, bed at, you know, seven, eight o'clock and they're up at 4 a.m. For, for that same reason. So whatever your routine is, there's no trick routine. It's whatever works for you. Um, but yeah, I, I don't balance, I mean, I balance, you know, what I think is important to me at the time, right? 
Um, from a work perspective, family is the most important, but from a work and project piece, it's usually the new shiny thing, right? Yeah, um, for sure. Which I don't know if it's right or wrong, but that's, that's what I've done that's for 20 years. Yeah. I'm the same way. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm staying up 10, you know, 10, 11, uh, less distractions, like you said. Mm -hmm. I'm a night owl. I can't do in the morning. I just mm -hmm. can't. But I, I love that you said, you know, work-life balance is not necessarily, it's not a thing. Because, you mm -hmm. know, if you love what you do, it's not really it's not work yeah you know it's not really work you know right. what i'm saying so i, I want to talk a little bit about like your uh, success your success in entrepreneurship what are some i guess what are the key qualities that a, a, a entrepreneurship must have i guess to be successful um i think it's the opposite of success it's failure right i mean i think it's getting comfortable being uncomfortable i think it's um changing your your mentality and your perspective on what success or failure looks like right i think that's the the, the biggest piece um and and accepting is part of the journey right i mean i i, in my, I wrote a book um without a plan and it's yeah uh but the subtitle was a, a memoir of of unbound action and found my way to success so i really lean into those pieces because you know, whether it's losing my dad, which is not a failure, but like it was an event that obviously shaped who I am or blowing up two million bucks or, you know, a lot of, I've had, I've had some successes, but I've had some massive failures too. And that's what they judge you by. It's fucking easy to hit a lick, man. And, and it's, 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 it's how they judge you on, on and, how, and who you are, that that's the shape of a person, like who you are in, in that, you know, tough period and, and, and where you kind of come out of that, right? And it's that perseverance to kind of keep moving forward. Um, that makes all the difference. I, I love the way you said that, but the thing that I kind of, I, I want to talk a little bit more about is the failure aspect of things. Your notion that you go by is that failure is not a bad thing, mm -hmm. right? So <laughs> how do we cope with that when we're grown into a society where failure is a bad thing? Like you're, you're, you're going into school, you fail, mm -hmm. People might, you know, they look at you a certain way if you fail. You know what I'm yeah. saying? How do we, how do we balance that? How do we cope with that? Like, yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, I, I think you're that you're right. That's where a lot of it comes from, right? Um, whether that's pass fail in school, um, young age, and young age. A, I think yeah, I think yeah. that's um, that's that. Like my son's school. I remember the, one of the things like when we were looking at different places to, to send him. And my daughter goes there now, um, who I, I think so highly of, and he, my son struggles with dyslexia, and they, I just can't say enough good things about the program here here in Lexington, one of the top, you know, two schools, you know, the top one or two schools in the okay. in the country. And um, I'll bat, I'll, I'll, it's been you know six years since we looked at enrollment, but it was you know it was talking about we teach courage. And we believe that um, learning happens at failure, right? That's not exactly what it said, but that was for me like that aha moment of like, besides seeing the product, these eighth graders that are walking around touring that were just so articulate and looking in your eye and shaking hands. Beside that, that's the was the right approach for me. Like not like, well, you are your, you know, here's your A's, here's your B's, like just on, on that piece. You have that, and that's the world that we live in. So you have to have that component, but encouraging the curiosity and encouraging failure, um, I think. If it's not done at school, um, it's your job to do it at home, right? right and I think right, that's, right. A, that's, a, that's a piece of it, you know? And, and also just, you know, I try to you know, treat your kids like, um, like, like they're, they're small humans, man. Like, let them know, like, life isn't hard. Life isn't also fair, right? But okay, so what? 
right? I blew up two million bucks in four days at, at, at 19. It fucking sucked. <laughs> yeah. um, don't do that. Exactly. It's just a pro tip. Um, well, you learn, but, though. But, but like, in the moment, it's the fucking worst thing ever. I'm a failure. But you very quickly realize, like, cool, am I, when I feel bad for myself, is that fixing my situation? No. Right? Is it going to pay my, my mortgage next month? No. So the quicker that you, yeah, it fucking sucks, you feel bad about it, whatever, but they, great, get on to kind of yeah. moving past it and learning, like, okay, triage and understand what happened. I think that's, uh, that's it. So, um, but that's for yourself. And then the other piece, too, like, you know, so many people I talk to, like, I, I do a lot of business coaching and entrepreneurs and stuff, and they always have the best idea, and they don't ever get started. It's, it's, <laughs> it's this feel of failure, not actually themselves, but it's because they, what, what, what are you going to think about me, right? It's, it's always yeah. what other people think. Yeah, and, and like, the sugar is like, no one fucking cares about you. <laughs> they don't. Maybe your mom does, but no one else cares about you, right? They care about yourself, yeah. right? And, and I think that's so hard that we have this, oh my God, well, they don't fucking care. You're going to be in an event that, oh yeah, that happened and then done, right? Like, that's it. And the life cycle, if you, if you go through it, but that's where we're so petrified. Oh my God, what happens if it doesn't work? Well, fuck it, it doesn't work. Yeah. Like me, don't like me. What, 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 fuck it, dude. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you got it. And the quicker, and it's harder to kind of get there, but that's what you kind of, you figure out. Like, you just worry about, what you want to do? Are you happy? Are your family happy? You, you being a good person and yeah. Have you ever dealt with that throughout your journey? Like, uh, I guess like being afraid to, to start something up, like, like, I don't know, like, have you experienced that in your past? No, it's too dumb, I think, right? I mean, I think I, 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 I think I, I didn't, I didn't know enough to, to know better, right? Yeah. Um, which was, a, which is a good thing, right? I mean, I think me, me losing that money at a young age, day trading, so it was yeah. a $40,000 portfolio that I inherited from my father and um, and you know grew it to a couple million bucks very quickly um, it was the best thing that happened to me retrospectively one of the best things that happened to me because I couldn't you can't talk sense into a 19 year old male full of testosterone anyway give him two million bucks see how far you yeah. get right self-made like, you can't you can't tell anything to him That's a fact. right so like you know that that is the piece that like you know I couldn't be told anything. I was the smartest guy in the room, and you're setting yourself up for failure. What could have happened if, like, what if I kept on running it, whatever, and having kids, and whatever, and I blew it up at 30 or 40, and I had, like actual real responsibility. So, like, I think that's piece of it. But um, that's number one, and number two, I didn't have a safety net, so my mom would give me the shirt off her back, but that's all she could do. So that combined with like, okay, you did this. Yeah. There ain't no PPP, ain't no relief. Like, fucking figure it out, exactly. kid, or, or suck it up and go home. That is probably why I'm here today, because it built that muscle of like your know, confidence. Like fuck, well, now this happened. Okay, break phone, whatever. Yeah, ain't as bad as that. Exactly. Right, and yeah. I got through that. So now you gotta go through. So just, I think if you if you think about it, and everyone, even your podcast, and your listeners, like you think about, there's definitely something happened in your life. It's the worst thing ever, but you're fucking still here. You know what I'm saying? But, but we forget about but we forget about All the worst time. thing. We forget about that. And yeah. then and then you you get complacent. Yeah. Right. I, I don't remember who I was talking to the other day. I think I was uh, I was at I was at my day job and you know I was with the customer and you know I was I was feeling a little bit down. You know as a normal human being, you know you you're exhausted. You know I work so hard. Sometimes you know you have your down mm -hmm. days, your good days, your bad days. And I remember the customer telling me, like, hey man, uh, you're living. Life is good. Yeah. Get your health. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, your health, your health, man. That's that's prime. I want to ask you, as as someone who you know uh, has so much su success in your life so far, um, uh, how do you measure success? How does Jeremy Delk measure success? 
Um, yeah, I think it's, you know, it's changed over um, over the years, right? And, and probably fundamentally after after kids, and you know, um, I went through a really bad divorce, and now you know, a new wife that you know, that I, you know, so lucky yeah. to have. Um, it's it's really changed to kind of really put into perspective of what what's important, right? And I, I go back to like you're buying your stuff, right? Like we look at some cars, like they have a sentimental value to them, but they don't mean anything. They're like they're 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 cool and they're like they're fun, but it's that's not what it's about, right? It it really is about, um, you know, I measure things in experiences, right? Like you know whether that's you know, we're going to the lake um, next week and with the kids down in Georgia, and like that's gonna be cool, and like just building sandcastles on the water and like going out and tubing and that kind of stuff. That's what I measure success at, um, and you know being able to have flexibility to drop them off at camp and not answer to some cunt that fucking tells me I gotta be in a board meeting, right? I don't have to be anywhere, right? Exactly. I, I can choose, You're right? Your boss. And then that, that, that power of being able to have freedom and have experiences like that, that to me is, uh, is a success. Being your own boss, what's the best thing about being your own boss? I guess, yeah, the cliches answer, you get to you know, pick you know, what you wanna do, but I guess like you, who's somebody who, you know, is their own boss. What's the, the best part about it that, that sticks out to you? But I think there's more worse parts than best parts. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's not known, though. Yeah, That's not, no, a lot of people don't know No, that. it's lonely sometimes, right? I mean, because, yeah. you know, sometimes even, like, you got to put on a good a good face. You know, you got, I've had hundreds of employees and, you know, different things. Like, sometimes you don't have all the answers, but you you got to seem like you do because everybody expects you you're you're that leader right that's your obligation like you can't be weak right you got to even through the you know face of adversity and fear like you've got to overcome that yeah not for yourself for your team otherwise you don't have one um but i think you know the best is that flexibility and Mm -hmm. you know i like the problem solve right like to me yeah the money is a scoreboard but it's i like you know that's why i do like the coaching stuff right like i love um dealing with you know hearing these people's you know crazy problems that yeah. are fun for me to, to fix. Solve, kind of. Yeah. I got you. Uh, authenticity. We mm-hmm. talked a little bit about this off, off camera. Share with my audience um, on how important it is to be authentic, your true self. Um, a lot of people struggle with that because um, yeah. like we said a little bit earlier in the episode, you know, we care a little bit about what the other person might think of us. Mm-hmm. Um, you're a prime example of, you know, being authentic. You're, mm-hmm. you're yourself. You talked about it, you know, and how you react. I guess what's your message to those people who, who struggle with being, you know, authentic with themselves? Yeah, I mean, just give yourself a break, right? I mean, it's fucking hard. It's hard in general. But it's hard to be two people, right? Like, how do you how do you keep it together, right? I mean, there's so many of these fucking influencers and people on social, which I hate. Like, I'm a spaz. Like, I'm on social media only because I have to be. Um, I can't fucking post anything myself. Like, someone has to do it for me. But I hate the idea of social media because, so, it, especially young and impressionable people, they they look at this fucking person who's probably miserable as fuck. And that's what they want to be. Meanwhile, that person is like hating their life, but they're putting on this persona. Dude, that's hard. Imagine like being on all the time. And I've seen it, right? Like you, you go through like influencers, or you, you go through and you're like, if you don't catch them before, they think they're like, they're like miserable, sad, and they, oh my God, everything's great. Like, fuck, motherfucker, I just saw you. Like, you know, like that, that's got to be a hard way to go, as opposed to like, just like, yo, this, this is who I am. I, I'm be, being authentic and being, uh, being real. Um, it's just easier, right? It's, it's much. Uh, it's much easier. <laughs> and you'll find that people tend to trust you and more, like yeah. you more. Yeah, because like... Because that's who you are. That's who you are. Yeah, and, you, and, and, and some people may not like you. That's fucking okay. Yeah. 
Not get, get, gonna... get there quicker. <laughs> like, you, you know, like as, as you get older, I'm 43, man, you, 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 your, your friend group gets smaller and that's okay. Tons of acquaintances, I'm trying to be nice to everybody I meet, but dude, it, it's okay. You know, not everyone fucking likes you. Yeah, that's how it's supposed to be. I mean, let, the, let them make that choice. You shouldn't be judgy. And don't, yeah. oh, this person's been cool. Like, just be nice, be cool. And like, trust people until they give you a reason not to trust you, right? Yeah. You kind of go through, yeah. but if they don't like it, let them, that, that's, that's their decision. Why does yours. that matter that, you know, someone else, why should you care about someone else liking you? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That doesn't really matter. If that's who you are, it's who you are. You yeah. can't control that. Yeah, well, I mean, why they do it? It's usually, you know, um, insecurities. They need, they, they need that piece to kind of feel valued for themselves, yeah. right? Yeah. That's what I said. It starts with loving yourself. For sure. I want to talk about your book a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, uh, where can people find it? You know, uh, where is it, I guess, like, uh, how, how can people find it? I know that it's, it's online, but I guess, what's the most, I want to say, how long did it even take you to write that book, first off? So it was about a year process. So it was a painstaking process. I don't wish on anybody, but um, it was good. I mean, it was almost therapeutic kind of getting through. Um, you know, the first part of it was all business and business tips and tricks. And, so the first and, part and, of the book. Yeah. Well, that, that, that was the first book that we wrote. Okay. And then I threw it away because um, it just felt disingenuine because I didn't share the other side of it, which is like the personal, personal side. side. Yeah, and I think like that's the reality that people look at only the business piece, but if you don't understand there's a human element beside it. So I really, and that was a hard part for me is I really kind of, I mean, I went deep, right? I mean, you really read this book and fucking love me or hate me, but like it's the fucking truth, right? That's who I, who I am. But I wanted to share all those vulnerabilities and all the things, the struggles that I came up because I think, um, and that's what I've gotten the best feedback of is not like, cool success stories and funny stories, whatever. It's like the human piece that I think people can relate Connect to. So, it, yeah. so it's not just an entrepreneur, it's you know, stay at home mom or stay at home dad or you know, whatever, anyone can go through that's trying to figure out what, what's important to them. Um, so it was about a year, year and a half process. Um, it's everywhere. I mean, Forbes ranked it like one of the top three um, business uh, yeah. books of 2023 you this year, which is pretty out. cool. <laughs> um, but it's Barnes and Noble, um, Amazon. We did an Audible as well. Um, and I, I read like, um, the forward and um, some of the intros and dedications. Um, we had a professional narrator actually do the do the reading, but we did a pretty cool thing. I, my my publisher was saying was David Goggins. Okay. So um, if you ever listen to his book, I stole it from him, so I kicked my ass. Um, I give him credit, but you know it was really a cool idea that he did at the end of every every chapter. It was like almost an interview podcast style. Oh, wow. Um, so do that. I think that's, that's where most, most people are liking because, hey, you get my voice, not that my voice is fucking good. But you get like, you know, from a narrator's review, he comes out of character and be like, well, that was a crazy story. Tell me about hanging with the shake in Dubai or hanging, like, tell me about these things. And you, yeah, I, I tell that behind the scenes piece. So people have really uh, been digging, uh, digging I, that. I like the idea of putting your voice in the, uh, yeah. having that podcast style because you do have a, a very convincing voice and a convincing message. Do you call yourself a motivational speaker? <laughs> no. <laughs> Call myself anything. <laughs> I was gonna uh, say call, you, yeah. you definitely like. I, I, I give it to you. You yeah. definitely have uh, some talent there. You yeah. know, Thank motivating you. people, and I'm sure my audience is gonna take a lot in after this episode, man. But I, I want to ask you, man, what's what's the best advice that you can give anybody? What's your best advice for you know anybody? And this doesn't have to be strictly entrepreneurship. This can be life in general, man. What yeah. do you have to say to them? Yeah, great question. I, mean, I think the biggest piece is just get started, right? I mean, just get started in whatever it is. Start the business. Ask the girl out. You know, <laughs> call the old friend. Whatever the fuck it is that you've been, you've been delaying on, 
why are you delaying it, right? Because you talked about the guy that you just you know, saw that said, hey, you know, you're living. That's true, man. You could not be living right now, right? You, you don't know what's happening. You get hit by health. Like, we're not promised tomorrow. I learned that at a young age, and everyone's experienced that to a degree. But as humans, we, we forget that stuff because it's easier to forget it than deal with it, right? So just get started and, and do whatever that thing is. And you don't have to be like me where I, I go out and start 20 businesses and, you know, I, I, I'm wired a certain way because that's, that's how I have to work, right? Yeah. That's just how I am. But take that first step, you know, file with the SEC or the, with the um, um, Secretary of State, yeah. you know, get a website, like do one step, you know, ask the girl, reach out to the friend, talk to them, like whatever it is, like, that you're, just, yeah, just yeah, do it. Just and, then, and, then, and then once you make that first step, then take another, then take another. Like, I had to go all, all in, right? That's just me because I need my back against the wall um, to feel it, right? I'm a sicko, that's why I said don't be an entrepreneur. But um, I need that, that pressure for me to perform, but you don't have to be that way. Like just take that first step. I love that advice, man. Yeah. That's, that's great advice. Uh, yeah, taking the first step. A lot of people scared to do that. Yeah. But, uh, putting their feet in the water, they're scared to do it because, you know, there's, I don't know if it's, they're afraid of what other people think. It's, it might be a mix of other things as well. But uh, I love that advice, man. Just just, just do it. Like yeah. Nike. Just do yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, I want to ask you, like, uh, Lex Exotics. What's next for, for, for Lex Exotics and what, what do you have planned? I know you talked about the 4th of July event, mm -hmm. but let's talk big picture. Sure. What's next from Lex Exotics? Yeah, I mean, again, like I said, I'm, I'm sadly I'm probably over Lex Exotics now. Like, you know, three months after <laughs> the, three, three months after the launch, but look, I think you just just keep on kind of you know stoking the flame, right? And that's the cool part. I don't know where it's going to go, and I, I don't, and that's okay. That's, that, I love that's okay. That. I, I, you know, I wrote a book about what, what's without a plan. So how do I know, right? I mean, um, so far people have liked it. You know, we had kids in here. We had a watch party for Monaco for, uh, Formula One. Uh, and, you know, my son was here with another member's kid. We're up there watching races, had bagels and stuff, and they're out here just hanging out, playing. So that's cool to me, right? So I think um, we'll, we'll see what happens, man. I think my, my buddy John, he's got, he's crazy. He's, he's such a, you know, great employer. He's bringing private equity into, into Lexington. Um, got, I think, four or five billion under management right now and just absolutely killing it. So the winner of the car show, he's got Ludacris coming in. Yeah. So we got Luda, Luda coming to, to, to come through. <laughs> Try and get him over here on the, at the car club too. But um, but yeah, I, I think that's just see what happens, right? We're going to try to do some night events with cars and coffee and um, who knows, man? You never know what will happen. What's next, right? Yeah. Um, I, I, I want to talk. I want to. I love your response about like without a plan. Because yeah. like for me, it's like, man, I, I always get this question. And then someone actually asked me this question. I was with a friend at lunch, and he was like, man, where do you see yourself in five years from now? And mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, I actually hate that question because mm -hmm. like I don't really, I don't know what's mm -hmm. gonna be five years from now. I'm like, you're staying, you're, you're mm -hmm. living evidence that you're not really thinking so far. In the future, you don't really have the plan. You're more like you're knocking it out, you know, one one at yeah, a time. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's a good question. And I, I mean, look, I think it, it is important, and I even talk about this in the intro of the book. Like this, like it's the, my without a plan isn't like a, a you know an endorsement to go live lollipops and gumdrops. It's all going to be okay. Think fucking positive thoughts and, and vision boards. Like that's not what I'm saying. I, I'm more saying back into the getting and started thing. Like I know where I want to go to a degree. Yeah. But it's just out there on the horizon. Yeah. No fucking clue I'm going to get there. <laughs> and I think the the biggest piece besides the second biggest piece besides people being scared on having this issue of like what what happens if I fail. Yep. The second piece is they just just go through and have this paralysis by analysis and they just plan 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 and then they don't get started because they're still planning. That's 
A, sometimes you never get started, and B, you're planning on something you don't have any fucking, you're, you get poor information, because like, when you get six months down the road, if you've got a plan to go left, yeah. when you should zig instead of zag, you, you're mentally programmed to like, oh, well, I, I need to stick to the plan, when you may not be, because you're, you're, you have better information at the time. So that's the idea without a plan, like, hey, I want to you know, have these things. I'm always, I, you know, I was with someone the other day, and they're like, man, you're 43, bro. Like, it's got to feel good to have made it. I'm like, the fuck are you talking to? Like, I haven't made shit. Like that, but you know, because I don't, I generally don't feel that way. Like, I don't feel like I've done anything, right? I mean, I've done some stuff, right? In 500 and whatever, but I don't feel. And, and positively, I think that's, I never will. Where does that come from? I don't know. I mean, I, I think just, I, I don't, I, I, I could go down to that whole, another episode with you on like, psychobabble <laughs> bullshit and analysis. But I, I think, you know, a big part of it is just loving the journey yeah. um, more than the, the destination. destination right? yeah. So I think that that's why. And, and that's why I, I talked about that early, early part of the interview. Like I use up all of the excitement, creativity that when I get the thing, yeah. it's like an afterthought. It's like, I don't yeah, care. You, you, I, I've, so- I, I've already, the feeling that most people have when they get it, I've used up before I got it. The journey, you love with, you yeah, yeah. love with the yeah. journey on its way. You're not focused on what's yeah. at the end of yeah. the tunnel. Yeah. You're loving the journey, man. It's been so, a pleasure, man, yeah. having you on, nah. man. Getting to pick your brain. Thanks for having me. I appreciate course, it. Of course, man. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeremy Delk. Make sure you go check out Lex Exotics. Fourth of July, they got something real big coming, so you make sure you go check that out on his website below. Just tag that. You can just hit that link below. Um, I'll put all his information in the description for you guys. Other than that, Give us a like, give us a subscribe as well. Um, it's, like I said, it's been a pleasure, Jeremy, having you on. And man, um, we're actually, this is our last episode for the season, so you're closing it out with a bang, man. Sweet. So, so uh, <laughs> honored to have you on. Ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned for season three. We got lots of great people like Jeremy Delt coming on. So. Awesome, thanks for that. Hey man, Appreciate pleasure, it. pleasure. Thanks. Episodes and exclusive content, subscribe to What's Next with Rio. Thank you.